0: Welcome to my Accordi podcast. I am your host, Marianne Schmocker, artist manager for International Classical Musicians. This episode is truly far-reaching. My guests are New Zealand Greek composer John Sattas and Swiss percussionist Fabian Ziegler. We hear about why Fabian chose John Sattas to commission a different sounding work for percussion a work with its unusual title, Real Bad Now. It is part of the CD released called Modern Gods by Satas. We hear what inspired John. His musical language combines a live performance with pre-recorded sounds and Fabian gives us an insight into his world as a percussionist. With an instrument not as common as a violin or piano, he commissions new works to enlarge the repertoire. He will tell us a story behind some movements of the piece Real Bad Now. I'd like to thank our audio producer Andreas Klein to make this podcast possible. Welcome Fabian, I'm delighted to talk to you.
1: Thank you very much Marian. it's a pleasure to be here and thank you for having me.
0: I would like to know what inspired you to become a percussionist?
1: So it all started with Um, with seeing some percussion instruments like I started with a drum set uh, but then in the first competition I was going to as a small kid I saw the marimba Um, yeah and before I even started the percussion my father was always conducting wind bands so I saw different instruments and percussion was just always the one which was the most interesting for me and then, of course, after um, starting lessons and starting to see also more instruments, I really got into it and uh, the variety of instruments and colors and soundscapes what we have, that, that was always the thing what, what was inspiring me a lot.
0: And today you are strongly committed to introducing an attractive and new percussion repertoire to the audience. You have performed many works by composers such as Avner Dorman, Seria Tankiam, Arash Safayam, as well as John Satas, who will be joining us in a moment from New Zealand. You told me about the very important first work you commissioned from composer John Satas.
1: Yes, so I commissioned uh, the first piece in 2018 from John. I was actually on tour in the US, I have played some of his big works for percussion solo and I wanted to commission a duo piece for piano and percussion Um, and the background behind this was kind of that I met my now wife and uh, I just wanted also to get to play with her and to spend more time with her so that's actually also why I commissioned it for two instruments, not only for solo percussion, and that's how it came to commission Atalanta from John, uh, which was the first collaboration we had.
0: What was the piece called?
1: Atalanta is for percussion, uh, so vibraphone, uh, piano, and electronics, and. Uh, it was premiered in 2020, actually in a live stream uh, during the COVID pandemic in May.
0: That's, that's really an original idea to woo a girlfriend. We should hear what John Sata says, who I am sure is smiling over in New Zealand. As a New Zealand Greek composer, you shot to worldwide attention when your music was heard during the opening ceremony of the Athens 2004 Olympic Games. John Sadas is a major New Zealand composer, one who has pushed sonic and collaborative boundaries for many years, exploring sound sources and contemporary ideas across generations and countries. Let's say welcome to John. It is a pleasure to have you join us.
2: Thank you, Marianne. It's a real uh, pleasure to be here with you and Fabian today.
0: I would like our listeners to know more about you as a composer who lives and works in New Zealand. How would you describe your composing style?
2: Well, I guess to answer that, I have to say a little bit about what it's like to be in New Zealand specifically but also um, what it's like to be an immigrant in New Zealand. So when uh, my parents arrived here and I was born, it's, it's a long time ago now, and New Zealand was, was I would say, xenophobic and uh, a little bit closed to foreigners. And so I grew up very much as an outsider And it's very important to remember that when you imagine um, developing a style of your own as a composer, because my relationship to the history here in this country was quite disconnected. And my relationship to the musical history was very disconnected. So I grew up in a house where we would listen to Greek songs and Greek music, and also the music that would make my parents cry because they remembered their homeland. You know, and so music was a very emotional experience in life. Um, and then when I went to study, I, there were two dimensions to that that were very outside of me. One was that I studied in the middle of an Anglo-Saxon culture, and so I didn't really relate to that. And then uh, the other thing is that um, it was very, uh, how can I describe it, very academic, the music of the time. So we're talking about the 80s, the 1980s, and the 1990s. And so music was something that you talked about in a very technical way, and we never talked about the feelings that music generated. And so I was very outside both of those things. And what I would say is my composing style is as much my own thing as it is a reaction to the environment that I grew up in. And it was actually a a denial of the (laughs) environment that I grew up in. And so uh, if I was to actually to describe it though, uh, you know, the words that that are the most uh, descriptive are it's very high energy music. Uh, it's very positively uh, charged, you know, so that the energy in my music is usually very positive, which uh, Fabian will probably laugh at once we start exploring the, the topic of Real Bad Now, a piece I've written recently for Fabian. Um, because the themes I explore are quite uh, dark and uh, not unpleasant, but sad. But the music itself is, the idea for me is I compose for an audience. I compose for live performance. And so when I create anything, I am imagining that experience of people gathering in a space and energy being transferred from the stage to the listeners. I always think of that transfer which is really a way of talking about sharing a unique experience. And so I put all of my energy into trying to make that experience as positive and memorable and unique as possible. But maybe to just say a few more things. So I have been very open about influences. And so you will hear in my music my Greek background. In a lot of music you will hear that. In Greek background, the time signatures are not usually 4-4. You know, they are in 7 or 9 or 11 or 15 or 17, sometimes in 23. You know, they are very long and odd meters. Uh, You'll hear instruments that are from other cultures, not just Western Europe. And you'll hear modes and harmonies and melodies that also come mostly from the east of Europe and then further east but I've also been influenced by jazz and by pop music and rhythmic and percussion cultures from around the world.
0: That's really interesting. Uh, You mentioned the work you have written recently for Fabian Siegler, which is called Real Bad Now. Can you give us a little bit more insight about that work?
2: Yes, of course. So Real Bad Now was uh, an important uh, corner in my composing you know I turned a corner with this piece Uh, I had been uh, reading a lot of books by an author called Henry Giroux and uh, some of these books were co-written with another author Brad Evans and these books uh, have now become very important to me and they really changed my my life Uh, Real Bad Now is an important piece because as a composer especially if you are a university educated composer. One of the things that happens to you without knowing when you're a student is you become wrapped up in this idea of pure music, which is that it's really just these sounds that you're making. And so music is about sound and performance. But the thing is, as a human being, you go through life um, coming across new ideas, new concepts. You read, you talk, you explore, you travel, you know, and so there's a whole mental, intellectual, psychological, emotional journey that you have in life which is the journey of learning and understanding, things that have nothing to do with music. And what happens if you're, like I said, a university-educated composer is there's something that happens during your studies where you kind of learn to keep those things separate. And so I've written a lot of music that doesn't have any reflection of all of this other life that I've had of thinking and reading and learning. And Real Bad Now is really the first piece that takes a big step in the direction of bringing those things together. And so I read a lot of these books by Henry and Brad, and they have very powerful ideas about the world today. And I decided that finally I would start bringing these ideas into the music. And so one of the books, for instance, is a book called Disposable Futures, The Seduction of Violence in the Age of Spectacle and this is by Henry and Brad, and that's a book that talks about how violence is the most consumed form of entertainment in the world. And we consume it so much and so readily that we don't even think that that's what we're doing anymore. You'll find violence in TV commercials. You'll find it everywhere, and it's completely blurred our ability to tell the difference between violence in the real world and violence in entertainment. And it's made us much more accepting of um, the violence around us. And so of course you can feel that I'm starting to talk about this and I could talk about it for the next three hours. You know, So I'm in that zone right now. But um, the, the piece, Real Bad Now, it takes ideas from these books and uses them as titles. And each of the pieces in some ways uh, conjures up Uh, feelings and um, I guess expressions of these ideas and a lot of that is in the backing track but it's also in what's used in the live percussion.
0: How did this piece Real Bad Now resonate with you and how it fits under the title of your CD release, Modern Gods?
1: When I got the score from John, um, I felt like that's until now one of the best pieces he ever wrote for solo percussion. Um, Because it has just so, so much in it. There are so many different genres, there are different atmospheres, very well and nicely picked colors and instruments also and how it fits into my CD release Modern Gods is that in my CD release I really talk about the change of how gods are seen today or who is seen as gods so we have something like View from Olympus, uh, which is inspired from the Greek mythology, where gods were um, the people or the, the higher force, um, which was taking care and looking on any everyone. So it was interesting to explore this kind of an idea with real bad now, which is also talking about surveillance that today the religion is having less and less impact on a lot of people um and so they don't believe in god so much anymore but still there is this one thing which is watching us which is listening to us um which is actually the technology and that's also a big topic john was talking about in real bad now and so we commissioned this piece not only for <clears throat> not only for solo percussion and electronics but we also commissioned visuals from Filip Merchip a young artist from Croatia and in the visuals when you see the video performance or also the live performance you can really see those different kind of Uh, topics like the first movement you you can clearly see the people who are not really socialized anymore especially after the pandemic so you see people watching their phone scrolling on their phone Um, in the second movement for example as what i got from from philip is that you see what the what the modern gods for example are seeing so you see a very blurred person, uh, which seems to be out out of the smartphone, for example, or a computer camera. So what they can see. Um, and as John said, he picks very serious, let's say serious uh, topics for his pieces. But he also always tries to find some positive things in the pieces. So the third movement is actually a very happy piece, which is interestingly going really into club music kind of style of music. In the fourth movement you really have this kind of violence what we see every day so i think the fourth movement is also musically very violent and also in the in the visuals you can see a lot of uh, hectic sequences and the fifth movement as john is always telling me is that in the end he always tries to find some kind of hope for human society, so the fifth movement is in my eyes one of the best pieces of music John ever wrote and it's actually very emotional also every time I perform it because it's, it's just such an amazing music, such a special piece for me and it has this kind of small hope which is left for our society.
0: without words. I can hear the passion and the dedication on both sides. And Fabian, you have performed and recorded this work. What happens in your performance when you perform this work? What happens to you? And because you probably can't see the audience listening.
1: I think for the audience, it's just very special because there are so many different kind of moods. For me, the most important thing is to get get out all those kind of feelings and experiences for the people. And as John said, like transporting it to the people in the audience from stage.
0: So this is about uh, performing and composing. How important is the relationship? I'm sure our listeners would like to know What it is, in your case, John, the relationship you have with a musician, you write for. Do you listen to the performer first to get inspired or gives the relationship the special meaning? In the case of Fabian, for instance.
2: Okay, well, generally, uh, I have been lucky enough from the very beginning of my composing to... Work with performers that I know technically are going to have everything that's needed. So I don't spend my time uh, worrying if people can play the pieces that I write. You know I've been very lucky about the the amazing level of performer that I've worked with throughout my life. Um but to answer your question, for me, the relationship, the most important part of the relationship is the personal dimension, because, You know, as a composer with a career, it's very easy to have what I would describe as a transactional journey, which is uh, someone contacts you and says, can you write me a piece? And you go, okay, you talk about a fee and a timeline, you write the piece and you deliver it. And you actually don't know that person. You know, you've just done this whole thing together, but you never got to know them. So for me, the most important thing is to meet, talk with, and actually get to know this person, to know who it is you're writing for, because I'm only going to write, at the most, I think probably 150 pieces in my life. I've already written 110 or 115, you know, and so it's a finite number of pieces, and every one of them is important to me, hugely important. While I'm writing it, it's the most important thing in my life at the time. And so there's another thing, which is, I think it's 75,000 pieces of music are released every day on Spotify. Right? So, if you're entering into that ocean of music when you write something new, how do you make it unique? How do you make it special? The most special thing a great performer can offer me is their individual personality, their individual identity. What makes them unique? What makes them special? And I want to know what that is. I want to engage with that because it absolutely shapes the work for me. It's not a piece for percussion, it's a piece for Fabian. Very different, those are very different things. And going back a step in our conversation, Atalanta, I was absolutely aware of Fabian and Akvila and that they were in this process of getting to know each other and get closer and it was beautiful that when they finally made the video of the piece, I could see in Akvila's hands at the piano a ring on her fingers. You know, So it had, their relationship had evolved to that point by the time they made the video of the piece. These sorts of things, like knowing that they were uh, falling in love at the time, that they were becoming this, this couple that would go through life together, it, it absolutely created an energy which is now in the DNA of that composition. It'll never go away. And, you know, in the same way that if you listen to Beethoven's third symphony, originally inspired by Napoleon, you know, there is this, this energy that's there, that's unique, even though he scratched out the dedication, you know. Um, the The idea that there are human energies that are inspiring the composer, unique human energies that are inspiring the composer. So that's giving you some idea of how important it is, really important. And I've heard... Other people who have commissioned works talk about the, the process from their perspective of working with me. And one in particular, a friend in America, he said what really surprised him but made him very uh, enthusiastic was the first thing I said when he approached me was, let's have a Zoom call. You know, let's talk to each other and see each other face to face. And he now has also become a friend and I think for me that's the payoff as the composer is that through your life slowly and and carefully you make very important relationships and at the best of times you make really good friends on this journey.
0: Fabian what are you looking for in a composer who writes a work for you?
1: It is always very important for me to talk with the composers of course about the setup, especially for percussionists, it's it's a very big part of the piece will be which instruments will be used, uh, which kind of form it should have, uh, should it be in movement, should it be one movement, um, to how long the piece needs to be of course. And it was mostly also for me that I started to commission pieces from composers I got to know I didn't know John in the very beginning, personally, when I commissioned the first piece. So the first piece was mainly because I just loved his music and I just wanted to have a piece from him. But after that, especially with John, it's a very intimate relationship, what we have uh, musically. It's also a lot, for me as an artist, it's also a lot about communication with the composer.
0: Well, thank you both so much for giving our listeners a glimpse into your creative uh, process.
1: Thank you very much, Marianne, for having us. It was great to talk to you and to be able to share our thoughts and and some insights in, in the work we do.
2: And I would like to say thank you very much to both of you because... The composer basically sits in a room all day, every day, and so it's always a pleasure to be able to communicate and to share thinking and feelings about the process and the you know the experience of being the composer.
0: If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe to Accordi and recommend it to a friend. You can find more information about my guests on their websites and mine on MarianSchmockerArtist.com.